What a lovely worship. Isn't it great to see our young ones leading out and sharing? It just warms my soul. I don't know about you, but as I was singing that song, and you know, I've learned to really love singing praises to God since I've been at this church. And I think because for, for the first time, I, I, I've, I've never been able to carry a tune. You wouldn't want to be with me singing or standing next to me because my kids are laughing because they like, Dad has no idea. But for the first time since I've actually got the freedom that I can just raise my hands when I praise God, it actually gives me a way to participate where I feel like I can do. You know, and to me that's that's been liberating. That's been exciting. And it's just a way that, you know, I don't do it because I want people to see me. I do it because it's just I feel like I'm just surrendering to God. It's a way of me participating. And you know, that just want to share that with you as I begin today because you know it's it's a it's a heavy thing to be part of a church, much less to be a pastor of a church. And I'm not saying that because I want you to say, oh, poor, poor Pastor Mike. No, I'm very blessed, especially to be here at Gold Coast Central Church. And for all you people, I thank you for being this church. Because as we've gone through this series right from the beginning, Lockie made it clear. What's the church? Well, it's not this building. The church is you guys, the people. Now, I remember when I was a kid, this is how we described the church. You fold your hands like this. Here's the church. There's the steeple. Yep, some of you kids still do that. And then you open the door, and there's all the people, you know? And that's what it's about. That's really the important bit is, is the part about where the people are. Let's make sure my title was up there. Now, you know, I, I also want to acknowledge all the mothers, but also those who maybe are not blessed with being able to be mothers, or maybe you're um, hoping to be a mother one day. Um, I just want to tell you that, you know, God's made women special. And I was saying this at the women's breakfast, you know, women just have an ability, I think, more than us men to serve. It's it's that maternal instinct, and, and it's really... You know, Jesus actually says, and shows us an example, we all need to be more like that. And as I think about my mother, it is sad, because we all have mothers. We wouldn't be here if we didn't. And so it, us men, we celebrate Mother's Day, too, because we, you know, celebrate our mothers. You know, none of our mothers were perfect, but I'm sure we can all probably have things that we can say good about our mothers. Um, the one thing that's really hard is that in 2006, I lost my mother to leukemia, uh, not leukemia, lymphoma. And um, we actually had the privilege to go back as a family, but I only had one child, Samuel. He was only um, one year old. He wasn't even one yet, I don't think, was he? He just turned one. And, um, and we went back and visited my mom, and it wasn't long after that she was diagnosed. And she, um, her choice was to try to treat her condition naturally, and she uh, went down quite quickly, and I had to go back in, in October 2006 and go to her funeral. But I'll never forget when we left um, that visit, that last time we visited. And um, Mom was already really having trouble walking. She was n- not real well. But I'll, I'll never forget, we were in a van, 
just carrying myself and Samuel. We didn't have other three kids yet. But I'll never forget as we drove off, waving and seeing my mom standing there, knowing I would never see her again on this earth. But it encouraged me because still today, what is it, 15 years later, I'm just looking forward to when Jesus comes. Scripture tells us that we don't have to fear death. We all have a birthday. We all have a, a death that we eventually will face. But the Bible says, no, death's not the end. And that's why Jesus came. So we all have the opportunity for eternal life. You know, I just love the fact that we as Christians don't need to live fearful lives. We as Christians can live lives not being afraid if we don't live to tomorrow, but every day is a challenge for us to be the people God's called us to be. And that's really, as we've gone through this word, ecclesia, ecclesia means what? Can you tell me now? Called out. Yeah, you guys are well educated now after a few weeks of going through this. Called out. What are we called out for? And today as we conclude this, we're really going to challenge you to see what is it that we're called out to do in a very specific way. Uh, you know, we started out this series with Lockie really just identifying right through uh, from the beginning in the Old Testament that God had a special people. And still today, God has a special people. Who are those people? Well, ultimately, those people are anyone who chooses to follow him. And in the second part of this series, I went through knowing God and really identified, well, knowing God, the only way we really can know God is through Jesus who came and showed us what God was like. And because of Jesus, we have hope. He is the way, the truth, and the life. We can be connected with the Father because Jesus came to reconnect us because we've been separated by sin. That's really the gospel in a nutshell, isn't it? So what is our job? What are we as a people, as a church? And last week, you know, Lockie really challenged us, you know, that we, are you hungry? And, you know, he talked about physical food, but also it's related to spiritual food. And the Bible, Jesus makes it clear that this is the bread of life. And so just like we need to eat every day to stay physically strong and healthy, the longer we go without food, we'll start to get weaker and weaker. Spiritually, we need to be feeding on his word. And so I want to encourage you as a people to be feeding on his word. Are you claiming his promises? Are you praying to him? Are you um, communicating, building that relationship? Because that's what's going to keep you spiritually strong, spiritually alive. And we need that. We need that more than ever in 2021 when the world is facing still a pandemic, when the world is facing a lot of hopelessness, the world's facing death and, and um, uncertainty. We as a people, and here's where I want to really kind of drive home. I guess if you want to call this my big idea, as, as Lockie often calls it, my big idea is that we here at Gold Coast Central Church, and if you're online, if you're part of a church, uh, that's great. If you're not, try to be part of a church because the Bible tells that we, the people, need to come together. That by ourselves alone, we're going to struggle. We're going to struggle ourselves, and we're not going to be able to be the body of Christ. Because the Bible clearly teaches in Corinthians and Romans that we're all different parts of that body, and it's only as we come together that we can be a fully functioning body. 
And we just had our first group through the growth track today. Some of you, who was in the growth track today? Raise your hand. Okay, so there was about oh, eight people, I think, that went through the growth track. Our first graduating class, I should give you your diploma. But the whole idea of the growth track, it's not rocket science, but it's just helping you to know what is our church about. Helping us with that step to knowing, well, if I know God and I'm here at this church, you know, what's my purpose? And helping you to discover that, hey, we want you to be in a place in this church where you're doing what you know God's put you here for. Because God says he doesn't make mistakes. Every one of us is unique. Every one of us has a job to do. Every one of us needs to participate. And here's my, here's my big idea today. We are a team. Okay? We are a team. The church has a mission. Now, you know, what, what's the word mission? You know, well, you know, sometimes if you see someone very focused, you say, whoa, they're on a mission. But if you think about it, you know, what's a mission? Often what comes to my mind is the Apollo missions, you know. That, that took a team of people. And even if we look back at some of the, the video footage and, and before they had all the technology they have today and the amount of people on those huge big computers and screens and they sent man to the moon on those Apollo missions, you know, that was quite a mission, wasn't it? Um, you know, what is your mission? And we as a church have a mission and this whole series is about bringing out that we are to be missional people. Missional is the way we live our lives. Everything we do is for a purpose. And it's not a purpose that we have alternative motives. It's a purpose because we have Jesus in our hearts. We, we have been feeding on him and accepting his great uh, gift of eternal life and accepting his love so much that it fills our hearts and it pours out of us. Okay, and, and that's important because a lot of people walk around and they act like Christians. Okay, they go through the motions. You know, I keep the Ten Commandments. I go to church. You know, I make sure everyone's acting properly. I make sure that no one's wearing the wrong thing or saying the wrong things. You know, but okay, I'm not trying to have a go at anyone in particular. But you know, that's not what church is about. It's about us being. A, a person that God's love fills us, that all we want to do is help people. If we see someone that's struggling, we're there. Hey, can I help you? What can I do for you? Can I pray for you? We can all do that. That's easy to do. But, you know, do it sincerely. You know, I, I had the most beautiful, I won't say the name, but I had a young lady that's an amazing person pray for me before I stood up today. You know what? I feel like, I don't know if I could have done it without it. You know, just knowing that People are praying and, and, and that I can connect with God. You know, there is power in that. People, we need to be a team that are on a mission together. And, and I'm, it saddens me so much. And I'll try not to get too sidetracked on my hobby horse. But I get so discouraged by so much turmoil and, and fighting and disagreements within the body. We are a body, and just like a family, we're going to have disagreements, and we're going to have people that we get along better with than other people, but we still need to work together as a team. You know, we see this clearly in sports teams. And, you know, what's a mission of a sports team? Well, whatever sport, if it's a basketball team, their mission is to score as many baskets, especially more baskets than the other team. You know, they're on a mission. 
And what do they do? They rally together. They use each person in their unique way. You know, one person might be a better dribbler, one person a better uh, long three-point shooter, another person. Everyone has a position. And it's a volleyball. Lockie will tell you about volleyball. He's a big volleyball player. You know, each person, one person's a, a, a setter, another person's a, the hitter, you know, all these different positions. And it's similar in our church. We're a team. Let's work together as a team. And that's what I want to drive home today as we open God's word, as we look here at the Bible, because when Jesus was on this earth, he spent his three and a half years of ministry trying to start a team. And I think he did a brilliant job. You know, he, he, he had a team of 12 men that he worked really hard, and, and it was challenging. But man, look at us a few thousand years later. And we're still seeing the church of Jesus Christ going strong because that team is still working. But how does it work right here in the Gold Coast, right here at Gold Coast Central Church? You know, and, you know, I don't want to, again, try to step on toes because I'm as guilty as anyone of, of, of going to church for the wrong reasons, for instead of going to empower and encourage people to be critical, to instead of, um, you know, wanting to participate, to wanting to be a consumer, to wanting to go to church to, um, you know, uh, whatever, to be with my friends or, or to hang out with someone. And, and I'm, I'm glad people are at church today for whatever reason. But I think God's got you here for a bigger reason, and that is to play part on our team. You know, a lot of people do a lot of church hopping. And again, there's nothing wrong with church hopping. And uh, earlier this, or it was last year, uh, someone was kind of checking our church out. And someone passed on and told them, I think, come three times in a row. Then you really get an idea of what the church is like. Oh, that's a good idea. You know, because we really want to strive to be a church that's consistent every week. But probably some weeks we do it better than others. But we can only do that because this church is you. And as new people come, and believe me, we're having new people every week. I would guarantee you if I had you raise a hand, and I don't want to put people on the spot, we'd have people here the first time today, every week. I've never been at a church, actually, that has so many um, new people every week. So, you know, to me, that's a huge responsibility. And one of the blessings of uh, COVID is, is that we know that who's new for the first time because we have to uh, collect your details because of COVID. And we don't want to stalk you, but we want to encourage you. And if you're here, you know, we might ring you later and say, thanks for coming. Did you enjoy the service? Is there anything we can do for you? You know, that, what, what a great opportunity COVID has given us to do that. And um, we have a job to do. And, and as Jesus rallied these, his team, as he worked with them for three and a half years of coaching, you know, and as we see some of the stories and we even see as he gets there towards the end at the Last Supper and stuff, and you think, man, this team isn't working very well. This team, one of them's actually working, going to work for the other team and betrays him. And then the others are kind of jockeying, wanting to be the most important, and they're missing the point of what the mission is. What was Jesus' mission was to reach and save the lost. And that's our mission here, to draw our community into a loving relationship with Jesus. Folks, I, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a scholar. I'm a humble boy from Alabama. But I know one thing. 
Jesus loves me. He put me on this earth for a reason. He brought me to this church for a reason. And I don't know what it is. It's not to get up here and try to prove how great and how smart I am. It's simply to say, hey, I'm a child of God. And he saved me by his grace. And every one of you, if you haven't done that, if you haven't got that certainty that Jesus has done that for you, we want to help you on that journey and help you get to the place. Because you can't really serve. You can't really be part of the team in a, in a genuine, authentic way until you come to that place where you've truly repented and accepted the gift of salvation and experiencing each day knowing that you are in, in, in right with Jesus. Not because you're good enough, but because he died for you and you accept his sacrifice every day. What a great way to live our lives and what a great way to build the team. And as Jesus kind of came to the end, it was one of the last things he said to a team. And, you know, what, what, what does a coach say to a team, you know, just before the biggest game of all, the Super Bowl or... Um, what do they call it here in Australia? The grand final or, <laughs> you know, whatever that big climax, that big game. You know, what is that the coach says? You know, that's the most important words. And this is kind of like that final words that Jesus says to his team, guys. This is it. And I want to put that up on the screen now because we know this as the great commission. But I want you to think about it as, as Jesus talking to you right now today. In, in, in 2021 here at Gold Coast Central Church, and if you're just visiting today, again, go back and be part of whatever church you're part of. I, I don't care if it's another church here on the Gold Coast or, or wherever, but God wants us to be part of the body. And if you're not, you're, gonna, you're not going to be as strong as you would, and the, and the church is going to suffer. God's put you here for a purpose, and that purpose is to serve in the body of Christ. And so as Jesus tells this kind of pep talk, or I guess we could call it the, the big talk of authority, because here's how he says that Jesus came and he told his disciples, I have been given all authority. Wow. So what does that mean? All authority in heaven. Well, authority here really means permission. He's, he says, I've given you permission. I'm allowing you to do what I'm going to tell you to do. And he says, I want you to therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. There you go. You have him there clearly making it as all three parts of God, the God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And, and be sure of this. I am with you always even to the end of the age. What a powerful, powerful charge you might call this. This is his charge. This is his final pep talk for us to go and accomplish this mission that he is just passionate for us to do. Now I want to just point out a couple more things in this. First, I already mentioned all authority, really meaning that he's given us permission. But then he says, go and do what? Make disciples. Now sometimes I think we can read that wrong. If you go to the King James Version of the Bible, it actually says to teach. Because that word make, I think in English, sometimes maybe we kind of think, oh yeah, we go around and we force, you know, we got to make someone do it. Let me tell you now, you can't make someone follow Jesus. It doesn't work. It has to be something that's by choice. 
And that's why Jesus had to come. That's why sin has to play its course because we have the freedom of choice. And if we have Christians think that somehow we're going to make people because we're going to convince them, we're going to prove things from the Bible, we're going to show them in prophecies, you know, those things are all good, but it's got to be done in a way that we are actually walking with God ourselves, that we are walking humbly in the salvation that comes by the grace of Jesus Christ. That is what he means here. Here it's talking about walking along beside, to disciple, to instruct, to learn by relationship. Probably a modern term that we use, I think that would fit really well here, is to mentor. Mentor someone. Have you ever mentored someone or had someone mentor you? You know, it's someone that walks along beside you, gives you some advice and encourages you and helps you, but they don't make you do anything. As we go on, too, I want to identify there's, there's, there's five different words here that are very action words. Okay, first is to go. Okay, we got to get off of our lazy chairs, our, um, our recliners, you know, and I'm as guilty as anyone, you know, they just sit back and th- need to take a breather. We all need to do that. But listen, let's get energized, have the rest we need, and let's go. Where do we go? Well, that's between you and God. But that's one of the things, that's the purpose of the growth track. We want to find ways to get this church involved and that you can get involved in serving here. But we want to get more involved in the community. I shared a couple weeks ago that Lockie and I were going to be doing this MATE training, which MATE stands for Motivation Action Through uh, Empowerment. And it's dealing with the number one social issue here on the Gold Coast. And you know what that is? Domestic violence. And listen, I, I, I spent three days this week... And I must say, uh, it, it was um, eye-opening, it was confronting, and I have to first say that, admit that I've contributed. I've contributed in the way that I have acted as a pastor, the way I've acted as a man, the way I've done things. I contributed to this problem. And it's only as we actually start to be aware of and seeing what can we do. See, often we're too involved in our own lives or too afraid to get involved that we just watch things happen that we know are not okay. I mean, we've seen it on the news lately here in the Gold Coast, and this is one of the worst places in Australia for domestic violence. And there's no doubt, you know, statistics show that it's, it's, it's here in this church. And I'm not here to point fingers at anyone because God loves everyone. He loves the victim and he loves the perpetrator. He, he loves you. He wants you to grow. He wants you to become a better person. I'm guilty of, of doing things. I've never physically abused my wife, but I've certainly done things that would probably go in the category that we covered that certainly would make me a person that said things and controlled things and showed my power and control in a way that's inappropriate. And most of us men, I think, if honest, probably have done that. Now, I don't want to get too sidetracked from my topic, but I am pretty passionate after spending three days with this. But we're, Lockie and I both went through this, and we're going to be training and running, training to take you guys through this so you can actually become more aware of it. Because the idea is that we don't just stand around and be bystanders. As bystanders, if we see something happening when we're out in the streets or we're out in public transport or in our workplace or even in our own homes, do we just sit there and take it? Or do we actually step up and say, hey, this isn't okay? And how can we do that in a way that's appropriate and safe? And that's why it took three days to train us. But Lockie and I both are trained to be trainers. And so we're here to kind of spread it. And um, it's one of the things that we really feel that's going to help us to be a church that's relevant to some of the issues that we face 
here on the Gold Coast, in our families, in our community. So go. Make disciples. Again, we already covered that word make. We're not talking about forcing. We're talking about discipling. We're talking about mentoring. And then it says baptizing them. Baptism is an important step. Baptism is about us. When we choose to follow Jesus Christ, in Mark 16, 16, it tells us that, that we need to be baptized to be saved. Now, I'm not saying if you're not baptized, you won't be saved. That's certainly not what I'm saying. But if you truly accept Jesus Christ, and you invite him, and you accept that free gift that's given by his grace, then you see that he was baptized an example for us. The result from that, I think you should... Do what he's given the example, to accept him and show it in a public way. It's like a wedding. A wedding, you know, I don't fall in love with my wife on our wedding day. We've had a relationship, and suddenly I said, man, I want everyone to know that I want to give my vows to you. And so I have a wedding where I can publicly say, I love my wife. Okay? And, I, and that's what baptism is. Baptism is about, hey, I'm serious about my relationship with Jesus, and I want to publicly tell people. It's not something you keep secret. It's not something we, we, can, we should be ashamed of. Um, I've just, I'm, I wouldn't plan on this, but there's a beautiful lady named Waha. Is Waha here? Waha in the back here. Waha. Listen, I, I didn't give a heads up. I just feel moved by the Spirit to share this, Waha. But Waha just kind of found our church on the net, found our website, looked at, she's been convicted on the Sabbath, and, and she's been, she showed up at the baptism we had at Easter out of the spit with her bathers and her towel and say, Pastor, baptize me now. <laughs> it was exciting, but I was like, wait, wait, well, hold on a minute. <laughs> I want you to get baptized, but listen, I just need to make sure that, unfortunately, you know, when we accept Jesus, I said, as a pastor, you're also going to join our church. So I at least want to make sure you know what you're joining. You know, it would be unfair for me to baptize her and she'd become a church and then kind of later saying, oh, I didn't know the church believed that. You know, and, you know, so we went through, we've been going through our beliefs. And I did bring up, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen this new book. I think it's going in our welcome packs. It's, it's what we believe, a very short of our 28 fundamental beliefs. And it just gives a little paragraph for each one. And I think it's a brilliant way just to share some of the great teachings we have. We do have some great truths and, um, and beliefs that really, I think, make the whole puzzle fit together of what Christianity is about, what the Bible teaches. Um, there's another one called The Living 28, and this came out, I think, in the last year or so. But again, it gives in a story form kind of um, applies the 28 fundamentals. So you're not just reading a lot of texts, but how does that affect my life? How does that live? And these are people sharing how these uh, different beliefs, all 28, actually helps them to live as a Christian. And I, I just want to encourage you, baptism is important. It's not something we should push aside. And if you haven't been baptized, and we've been advertising for the last few weeks, it's not too late to get on board. On the 29th, we're having a commitment day. And we've got people that are going to be being baptized that day. We've got people that are going to be joining by profession of faith. And we're also going to be doing communion that day in a little bit different way. So everyone has a chance to make a commitment that day. Because communion is really about little mini baptisms. So for those that have already been baptized, um, you remember your baptism when you take communion. And we usually do it about once every three or four months as a church. 
And it just reminds you of that commitment, those vows you made when you were baptized. And um, if you haven't been baptized yet, you know, when you take communion, it's looking forward to that day. You really shouldn't take communion unless you kind of know Jesus, accepting him, and, and want to get baptized. Don't mean you have to do it tomorrow, but, you know, that's, we really need to, to do it in that way. So that commitment day is coming up. Just give that a plug. We'd love for lots of people to get on board and make it a real celebration of commitment in a way like this church has never seen. And then it goes on and it says to teach. And so, again, teaching. And, and it's kind of related to earlier that word where it says to make. Because that word, like I said in the King James, actually teach. But it's teaching in a way that's by example. It's teaching by getting alongside each other and encouraging and helping and growing together. That's what our life groups are really about here. And I want to encourage you, if you're not part of a life group, there's plenty of opportunities to, to join life groups and do, do life together and encourage each other. Because we are a fairly good-sized church. You know, I do my best to try to get to know everyone, but it's hard. You know, I can only stretch myself. But as we all are working together... Then, then as a team, we can do amazing things. Because uh, as I presented a couple of weeks ago in, our, in the part about knowing God, that we are all pastors. You're all priests, okay? doesn't mean you're one that stands up here and preaches, but you're, you've been called out. If you're a Christian, you're part of a church, you've been called out. Why? To be separate from the world and to stand up for what's right, not in a way that's judgmental, but in a way that say, hey, wow, this is such a better way of doing things. This will bring you real happiness and joy. Not in a way that's about rules, okay? Again, don't get caught up like the Pharisees in Jesus' day that were so caught up in the Ten Commandments that they made about 670 more of them. You know, they, they, they lost the, the whole point. The point is of the Ten Commandments is love. Love God. If you love God, you're not going to worship other gods. If you love God, you're not going to bow down to idols. If you love God, you're not going to curse his name. If you love God, you're going to want to spend a day with him every week. And if you love your neighbor, you're certainly not going to be stealing or killing and doing those things the last six commandments say. So it's all about love. So sometimes people accuse me of preaching too much love. And I just, how can you preach too much love? Love is the main ingredient if it's not done through love it's it's the wrong thing god is love if you're teaching god it's got to be through love um and so teach and obey yeah we do we do need to obey we need to strive god will help us through his spirit to be christians that can obey but um, that, that's such a, a powerful thing. Now, I shared this a week. I'll just go through this quickly. You know, this is where the, 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 the church is the body, the people. It's not the building. Okay? And, and Jesus came. He says he dwells in our hearts. And, and we worship God by, by using our bodies and our minds for him. And as we continued on, these I shared last time, so I won't spend much time on them. But, you know, he wants to change the way. He wants to transform us and change us and help us to know his will. And the world's always, you know, there's plenty of places in the Bible that tells us that this, this is a battle. You know, the world's saying, I'll oh, do it this way. But God says, no, do it this way. And I think if we really think about it, we actually find God's way is always the best way. God knows the, the best way. Doing life together in the church is a good way to live our lives. And then I want to, I, I brought this for the message, because it just says it a little bit different, and I think this is very powerful. 
So here in Romans 12, continuing in verses 4 and 5, In this way we are like the various parts of the human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. That's us. Each of us finds our meaning and function as part of this body. But as a chopped off finger or a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioned parts in Christ's body, and this is the, this is the kicker in verse 6, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be. Are you doing what God's made you to be? That's what the growth track's all about. You know, Lockie and I, we're, our desire is to get everyone doing so that you, as you come to church and as you serve in the community, you say, wow, this is why I'm on this earth. This is what I'm made to do. And that is a process. You don't just fall into that, just like many people are in careers, and some people spend their whole life in careers they hate. Other people kind of shop around, and eventually they get a career, and they say, wow, this fits me. This is what I like. You know, and this is the same thing in church. We're all different. We're all not going to be the same. We're all going to do things in a different way. But we're going to be doing it through love, and we're going to be doing it with the unique talents and skills and personality that God has made us to be. And then it goes on and says, without infamously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other. And as human beings, we're all guilty of that, and it's certainly a huge thing now with social media. You know, and not only are you comparing yourself with the other people here in church, you know, you're comparing yourself with people around the world on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. You know, oh, well, look at that perfect family. And just to be a little bit careful of that, there's nothing wrong with, I'm not saying we shouldn't have anything to do with social media, but be a bit careful because it's a very dangerous sort of a thing. It's, it's not reality, okay? And reality is right here. We're sitting next to the person next to you. We're sitting as a church family. We're a team. That is reality. I really believe that. And, and I want you on my team, every one of you. Even if you've had a go at me, I still want you because I still think there's good even if you don't like me. That's okay. My goal will be to say, hey, what is it you don't like? I'll try to change or I'll try to treat you differently. You know, that's the sort of approach we want to take as Christians. Let's be flexible. Let's be more like Jesus. That's what it's about. Let's be more like Jesus. I'm going to skip over a lot because I don't want to keep you too long. But... You know, we're facing some tough times. You know, and we look at some of the economic things that have happened in the last year because of COVID. You know, huge. You, get, you hear about these countries, even here in Australia, you know, billions of dollars lost. You know, because we're all relying on the economy. When people aren't going out spending money, you know, it has an impact on everybody and, and everything. And I don't think we're even seeing all the uh, side effects of these things. You know, we are seeing housing prices. You know, that's a bit of a worry. You know, where's that going to go? You know, we don't know. But the point is I want to make is that we are approaching the second coming of Jesus Christ. What sort of impact is that going to have? What kind of impact can we have on that? If we're not doing anything, it's going to be like being in lockdown. People are just going to be lost. God says, hey, I've put you here for a reason because I want you to share the gospel. I want you to spread Jesus Christ. That's what he's waiting for. When the gospel spread to the whole world, then I will come. 
And the gospel, again, is not making people. It's getting along beside, showing people unconditional love. It's showing the, the atheist out there that curses God that you love that person still and God loves that person. Okay? It's not easy to love people that don't see things like we do. And as Christians, again, look at Jesus. How did he treat people? You know? We can't go wrong when we look at Jesus. And before Jesus came the first time, we had John the Baptist. I was going to go into a little bit of that, but let's just, most of you know, John the Baptist was born a cousin of Jesus, but um, Elizabeth and what Zechariah, you know, an angel appeared and said that he would prepare the way for Jesus. In a way, we, we are preparing the way for the second coming. As the Seventh-day Adventist church, we've taken that mission to spread the three angels' message to the world that Jesus is coming back. And the main thing about that message is to spread the gospel. And how do we do that? What's well, how we live our lives. Are we missional? You know, when I was a kid, a, a mission was what a missionary did in our church, and he went off to another country. And there were some amazing people that sacrificed their lives and, and still today do that. They go to foreign countries. You know, my mission work was coming to Australia. You still spoke English. I, I, didn't, I didn't really um, take much. Uh, it was actually a blessing. I mean, um, well, I would choose to live in this country over the USA any day. And those that in America, my friends, well, you're missing out because I'm blessed to live in Australia. But, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to ramble, but I do want to say that we don't want to lose our mission. What is our team here for? What are we on about? And I believe we have a mission right here on the Gold Coast. Okay, and, and, you know, very limited going overseas anyway. And people can't go overseas at the moment. So it kind of makes it so we have to work here in our own mission field. Let's be missional. How many lost people are there on the Gold Coast? Why do we exist as a church? I'll tell you why. We exist for the lost person. It's not so you can come and have a nice cushy seat in the air conditioner on a hot day. Okay, we're glad that we can provide. We're very blessed with a lovely facility here. But it's not about the facility it's about us joining together as a team to go out and find what is lost. After Jesus gave this great commission, and we find it in the book of Acts, and chapter 1 of Acts tells the story of when Jesus then ascended and went back to heaven. The disciples were lost. They were afraid. They went to a room not knowing what to do. What do we do now? Maybe they'll beat us. Maybe they'll hang us on a cross. I mean, those were the thoughts. It was pretty scary if you think about it. You can't get much worse. But they prayed. They rallied together as a team. They said, God, help us. God sent his spirit. And Acts, it tells us it was like a wind that came in that room and came over those men. And they went out into Jerusalem and they began to preach the gospel. And in Acts 2, you know, you have the read Acts 2 this afternoon or tonight. You know, read through that. Wow, it's exciting. Thousands were baptized and came and accepted Jesus Christ. People began to hear the gospel. They were there and from all different countries speaking different languages. And God worked the miracle of the gift of tongues. People heard the gospel in their own language. Wow, how does that work? 
That's how spiritual gifts works. God gives gifts as needed. And you'll learn more about that when you go through the growth track. Anyway, I need to wrap it up. So I'll bring it to the head with this. Back to the most important thing of the church, and that is that we, each one of us personally, have accepted and are saved. And Ephesians 2, 8 to 10 tells that in such a beautiful way, that God saved you by grace. When did he do it? When you believed. And you can't take credit for it. It's a gift. If it's a gift, we can't do anything. If you do anything to get it, it's not a gift. It's a free gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. Let me read that again. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. As I look out there, I see young, I see old. I see male, I see female. I see some dark skin, I see some light skin. But you know, I see every one of you and you're a beautiful child of God. Each one of you, God has a plan for your life. Let's not put it off. Let's not just keep fiddling along with life. Let's rally together as a team. Let's be a team here at Gold Coast Central that God comes through and he helps us to spread this great commission that we draw our community a loving relationship with Jesus. We start to see, wow, we're going to need to build a bigger building. People are going to come out of the woodworks because something's happening at Gold Coast Central. And you know what's happening? It's going to be you. Is you're letting God come into your heart and His love flow through you. That you're following that commission. We're rallying together as a team. And God's going to use you. Let me pray together as we close. Lord, we've, we've touched some topics today that have probably challenged us all. Maybe stepped on some of our toes. Maybe thought, wow, I'm going to have to give up something to do this. But Lord, really anything we give up that you ask us to give up is something that ultimately we would want to give up anyway. You want us to live life and live it to the full. Lord, help us not just to flounder through life aimlessly, but to realize that we can rally together as a team. We can accept this charge, this great commission that you've given us as a church. And how do we do it? Well, we do it by coming together each week. But it's not just coming together as a church. When we leave this place today and every week, we go out into our workplaces, we go out to our schools, we go into our families, we go into our communities, Lords, and we start to make a difference by mentoring people, by making disciples, not because we're forcing them, but because we're, we're um, modeling what it means to truly live by the grace of Jesus Christ. Lord, empower us as a people. Fill us with your spirit. And may we as a team for Jesus Christ be a team that drives it home until you come. In Jesus' name, amen.